0: There's a lot you can take away from the first week of football in the NFL. Look, we got answers to unclear situations, and some players even had sneaky good usage. And because of all this, you have to move guys up your rankings, whether it's for now, week two, or the rest of the season. So here are 12 players who are skyrocketing up the rankings before week two. And let's begin with Kendrick Bourne, who in my initial projections and rankings for week two is a top 20 wide receiver. Yes, top 20. According to Fantasy Life, our official data partner, Kendrick Bourne led the Patriots by running a route on 93 of their dropbacks which is elite and he was by far the number one receiver for Mac Jones and that is evident right here if you look at the targets column he earned 11 targets nobody else was above seven out of these wide receivers and he had a massive 50 50- Four routes. You can see the other guys with 27 routes. Keyshawn Booty was second with 43 routes. And with all of this usage that he had, he flashed some cheat code upside. Now the fantasy cheat codes as a reminder for wide receivers are your downfield and red zone usage. Bourne ranked seventh in downfield usage and had two red zone targets week one. And now the Patriots surprisingly threw a lot. They threw at the second highest rate week one. Now they were trailing so that's obvious but when the game was close in neutral situations they were still a top five team in pass rate. Pretty simply put, Mac Jones looked really good in this new Bill O'Brien-led offense. Now, it is true that Devontae Parker missed this game. He was projecting to be the wide receiver one before the season, but he's not going to take away from Kendrick Bourne's role. No, he's going to take away from some of the other guys, the rookies, who saw usage. Specifically, he will take snaps and routes away from Kayshawn Booty, the six-round rookie and Demario Douglas, who had a great preseason. And also make a note here, Juju Smith-Schuster, reports came out that his knee was messed up right before the season started, and this is going to be a chronic issue. He only played 27 snaps, about 50% of the snaps in this game. So, Kendrick. Bourne is somebody that can't be on your waiver wires. He's literally a top 20 wide receiver for this week. And this next guy is now a stud. And that'll be the Colts wide receiver, Michael Pittman, who yeah, after week one, he is a stud because he scored the seventh most fantasy points week one. You can see right here, 19.7. He was right up there with some other guys who were getting a lot of praise after this week. Like, you know, the typical guys, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, and yeah, Calvin Ridley. And he did this on the 15th best wide receiver usage of the week. I mean, he was drafted as like the wide receiver 30. So he's already exceeding those expectations. And this production is likely, to continue because the Colts were passing a lot. They passed at the eighth highest rate overall 68% of the time, but when the game was close, a one score game or tied, they were throwing at a top seven rate. And now this is much higher than the preseason expectation when they had a mobile quarterback and Anthony Richardson, you would think, oh, maybe they're going to run the ball a lot. But the truth is this isn't shocking because their new head coach, Shane Steichen, the former coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, he did the same thing with Jalen Hurts, a mobile quarterback. Yeah, he made them throw at a top five rate. So This is incredible news for Pittman. In week one, his role was elite. He played 40 6 routes or he ran 46 routes that's 98 percent of the colts passing plays and it led to overall great volume now depending on where you look there's different sources because there's different tracking it was either 11 targets or 9 targets but the most important part according to fantasy life for Pittman, if we zoom in right here his catchable targets so how accurate his targets were 89 percent of them were catchable i mean that would rank like top five amongst wide receivers last year and it's very impressive because anthony richardson was not an accurate quarterback in college but the offense built around him says a lot about his coach shane Steichen it, is built for him to succeed. Now, Pittman's targets were highly valuable. He had two red zone targets, three targets off of play action, and he was targeted four times on third or fourth down. All of this just means that he was by far the priority in the passing game. If this usage keeps up, Pittman will definitely finish as a top 20 wide receiver with top 10 upside. He has to move up the ranks. And another player moving up the ranks for me is Jaden Reed, the Packers' second round rookie, who looked solid, if not really good in his NFL debut. To be honest, if you watch the tape, he looked like a first round talent. Honestly, he looked like a veteran receiver. Now, he only put up two catches, For 48 yards. He also had a rush attempt, but the overall underlying usage is what I'm more concerned about. And for that, we head over to the fantasy life data where you can see Jaden Reed was tied with Romeo Dobbs running the most routes on this team 67% of the passing plays. He got pulled in the fourth quarter because he got a little bit nicked up as well. So this is probably closer to like 80 or 90%. And then 25% targets per route run. So he was earning a target on 25% of his routes, also tied with Romeo Dobbs for the lead. He was basically operating as the wide receiver 1A, 1B in this game. Now, of course, Christian Watson didn't play. Playing this game, and we don't necessarily know when he'll be back. He might miss a couple of more weeks, but it's pretty clear that Jaden Reed will be involved in the offense. And as I mentioned, Reed did leave for a little bit. They called it cramps, but he took a massive hit on a deep target downfield. So I think that's more so what it was. But he came in and actually recovered an onside kick later in the game. So he seems to be good to go. And speaking of that deep target that he got hurt on, Reed led the Packers with an impressive 92 air yards week one. Now, the biggest concern for Jaden Reed is this: the Packers actually threw 50-50. They threw 50% of the time, ran 50% of the time around lead average but when the game was close one score or tied they ranked third worst in the nfl at passing Now, of course that's just on a week one sample but this is what the team wants to do they want to run the ball and not make jordan love throw 30 plus times so if they're not throwing it a lot that is a concern for like your wide receiver two or three in the offense but based on his week one role he has to move up the rankings and he has the talent and potential efficiency to get by even on lesser volume now this next running back saw a lot of volume and it was encouraging and if you're finding this video helpful make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can see all my future content that i have coming out for you and that running back's name is James. James Cook. And yes, he is indeed the primary running back for the Buffalo Bills. Cook played 61% of the snaps in this game out of the running backs. He saw 67% of the rush attempts and ran 50% of the running back routes. All of this is RB1 usage with a slam dunk for James Cook. And now what did all those percentages work themselves out to? Well, it was 12 rush attempts and six targets. So 18 opportunities, top 10 running back usage week one. And the other running backs on this team between Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, their rush attempts and targets only combined for seven. So here's what this means. James Cook commanded 72% of the running back opportunities week one, which would rank top 10 last season. And he was targeted on 24% of his routes. Only Stefan Diggs on this team had a higher rate amongst running backs last year that would also rank top 10. Now there was one key interesting part of the data from the two minute snaps on Fantasy Life. You can see right here, this 100% is actually Latavius Murray. All eight two minute offense snaps in the fourth quarter. You saw Latavius Murray out there. It's likely because he's the veteran. They trust him more in pass protection late in the game when the game was on the line. Now this is something to note for sure, but it's not too alarming. James Cook can still earn this usage moving forward and the good news here is that latavius murray is his primary backup latavius murray is 33 and a half years old damian harris only had one rush attempt week one so he really doesn't have much competition now his week one matchup was tough i mean he ended up going out there and facing the jets who were the number three overall defense after it was all said and done week one and on 16 total touches between his rush attempts and receptions he put up 63 total yards so that's only like four yards per touch not the typical efficiency and explosiveness we're used to seeing out of james cook when last year he was third in the nfl averaging over six yards per touch but now heading into week two this should all change because he's coming in as an eight and a half point or nine point favorite even a 10 point favorite is what this opened at for this week and running backs with similar usage to what Cook saw week one in similar matchups as big favorites average 14 fantasy points or a little bit more actually like nearly 15 fantasy points since 2020 so yeah Cook is a top 20 running back borderline top 15 running back this week and this next guy is actually in the top five and it's David Montgomery who saw great usage week one and yeah like I just said it was not a mistake he is a top five projected running back for me early on this week. Look, we got to talk about the role and break it down with more context, but just on the surface, it was great. 77% of the snaps, 64% of the rush attempts, and even 53% of the running back routes run. This is all awesome. And it led to 21 rush attempts and four red zone carries for Montgomery. Now, this is the expectation we had all off season. Montgomery, the bigger back at 220 plus pounds, is going to see the red zone work and early down work over Jameer Gibbs. And all of this led to a solid week one for Montgomery, about 13 and a half fantasy points. Again, those 21 touches, but he wasn't efficient. He averaged like three and a half yards per carry. That's definitely going to increase behind what was, yet again, week one, a top five offensive line for the Lions, and Montgomery saw zero targets. That's not going to continue. And if we look a little bit closer here, between Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, the running backs only saw two targets. They made up just 7% of the targets. Last year, the running backs were making up 20% plus of Jared Goff's targets. Expect this to go up. Now, we do have to discuss Jameer Gibbs. We've gone in depth on him in another video this week. He only saw nine touches week one, but he was great on these. Averaging nearly seven yards per touch, he looked really explosive, broke six tackles on Just seven carries. He looked great, and his own coach said he's going to see more usage moving forward. And here is that context. After the week one game on Thursday night versus the Chiefs, Dan Campbell said he'll begin to get more touches now, so that was just the beginning. So yeah, he's not only going to see 27% of the snaps and nine touches as a top 12 pick, you could probably see closer to 15 plus touches. But this is fine because even if Montgomery sees only, say, 60% of the snaps, he's still going to be in line for 16 to 18 touches and earn even targets in the future weeks. And now heading into week two, the Detroit Lions have the fourth highest team total, expected to score the fourth most points on the slate this is crazy this offense is now great what a 360 flip from a couple years ago 26 and a half point implied team total five and a half point favorites running backs in similar spots average 16 points to the usage that David Montgomery has been getting he's a top five back this week now this next guy is in a top five back but he is definitely quickly rising up the ranks and it's the Miami Dolphins number one running back Raheem Mozart he has to climb up the rankings and a lot of people miss this next fact Devon HM was a healthy scratch last week I know he was dealing with a shoulder injury from the preseason and people will say oh that's why he didn't play. No, no, no. You have to look closely. Because let me introduce you to the Dolphins injury report from last week. Look at this column right here for Devon A-Chain. His shoulder, full participant, full participant, full participant, and then wasn't on the injury report. He was not listed questionable. He had no injury going into this game. He was left out because he was a healthy scratch inactive. They wanted Salvin Ackman to play ahead of him. And based on the preseason usage, when Devon A-Chain was being like primarily used with the third team offense and on special teams, this makes sense. So with Jeff Wilson on IR and no Devon A-Chain, this was the Raheem start show. He saw seven, 72% of the snaps, 53% of the rush attempts, and 70% of the routes run. Now, based on all this, he put up a solid 13 points. On his 12 touches, he had about 50 yards. So it was overall a nice game for him in what was basically a passing affair. They weren't running the ball all that much. And Mozart also earned, surprisingly, as a somewhat smaller back, two of the three red zone touches for the running backs in this game. And he quietly had the cheat code upside week one. That is his red zone and passing game role for running backs. As of right now, he is the number one running back in what was the number one graded offense from week one. And Jeff Wilson's going to miss at least three more. Games and Devon A has big question marks around him. It doesn't look like he'll be involved. So that's why Mostart has to move up, and so does the rookie wide receiver Michael Wilson. He has to move up, and you have to know what he did week one. He was his team's number one wide receiver week one. He was tied with Marquise Hollywood Brown running a route on 91% of the Cardinals dropbacks. But more importantly, he operated as the X possession receiver, the big number one option in the progressions on the outside. Now his production is surely not going to impress anybody. 3.9 fantasy points, two catches for 19 yards on four targets. But this is a middle round rookie in a really, really mid and bad offense we have to discuss the usage because Michael Wilson's average depth of target was 16.8 yards downfield and if we just compare this to the other players on his team Hollywood Brown was the next closest at almost half of that nine yards downfield so Michael Wilson was the only guy in this offense seeing downfield deep targets and that matters especially when you consider he's the biggest starting wide receiver on this team by over 30 pounds six foot one 216 pounds yeah these starting wide receivers the other guys are really small Rondell Moore Greg Dorch Marquise Brown so he's not only going to be the downfield primary option but also the red zone primary option obviously the quarterback situation isn't great with kyler murray missing at least three more games and maybe even a ton more or the entire season who knows after that and joshua dobbs looking really bad averaging three and a half yards per drop back week one. This is bad, but it's worst case scenario from week one. I'm not telling you in your eight or 10 man league to go ahead and stash them, but in a 12 team league or deeper, especially if you have deep bench spots, add it. And also consider grabbing the fantasy blueprint that I know thousands of you already have, but a lot of you don't. And here's why you want it. Hey, if you want to win your league, that's one good reason. It'll give you everything you need to do just that every day of the week, starting on Monday with the waiver wire tools. You can see throughout here, the rest of season rankings is going to help you with trades. Obviously the projections and rankings will help you for that week's matchup. And the game matchup notes, the game by game notes are extremely important that come out on friday it's literally every single meaningful player in every single game like 300 plus players with a detailed matchup analysis now you can grab the blueprint by scanning the qr code on the screen or clicking the link in the description below it'll take you to this page right here you might have to scroll on mobile but then look simple as this it's just five bucks for the entire year if you go through this method right here and if you don't make your fantasy playoffs i'll refund the five bucks this is risk-free you might as well go get it and join the thousands of other people who currently have it so once again scan the qr code on the screen to get access today or click the link in the description below now we gotta talk yet Again, about Jake Ferguson, the Cowboys tight end, because he was quietly dominant week one, but nobody noticed at all. And the reason why people didn't notice was because it was a 40 to nothing game. Pretty quickly, this became a blowout, and a lot of the starters got pulled. So, Ferguson only ran 14 routes in this game, according to Fantasy Life, our official data partner. But look at this six targets, six targets on 14 routes. That's a 43% target rate for reference. Travis Kelsey was like third in the NFL amongst tight ends last year with a 28% rate. Clearly, that high of a number won't sustain, but it is the stickiest stat for wide receivers. And tight ends because it shows your ability to get open and your quarterback's interest in throwing to you. And we already have a large sample of Dak loving his tight end because Dalton Schultz, a guy who was far less productive in college than Jake Ferguson, was a top 10 tight end the past two seasons in Dallas. So, as your league mates, simply just look at the box score of, oh, three fantasy points, two catches for 11 yards. Yeah, well, look at the six or seven targets, depending on your data source, who's going to be giving you that if it is six or seven. Either way, look at those targets and how often he was targeted on his routes, almost 50% of the time. Once he plays a full game, he he has legit 8-12 to 12 target upside is what that means. And to make things even better, Jake Ferguson slid right into Dalton Schultz's red zone role. Schultz led the Cowboys in red zone targets last year, and Jake Ferguson, four red zone targets week one, tied for the NFL high. Again, he only ran 14 routes and played like one half. So in 12-team leagues, I want him to be at least on my bench as a backup tight end because I want to see what happens here. There's some true, real serious upside. And now for this next player that's jumping up the ranks, we have to just start it by talking about Austin Eckler, who, look at this, he might actually miss a couple of weeks. We'll see what happens happens here but Jeff Mueller on Twitter a doctor is saying if true if these ankle right high ankle sprain is true based on the video that he's watching there's an average running back miss time of three weeks now let's just say it's a week or two either way this next guy has to move up the ranks and that would be Austin Eckler's backup running back but more so from week one his running mate his equal if you will in Joshua Kelly because according to the fantasy life data right here Joshua Kelly played 45 percent of the snaps week one this was a split backfield and look at this the rush attempts they each saw 47 percent 16 rush attempts each is what that means. And on his 16 attempts, he was very good. He graded out as a top 10 running back week one. He averaged 16 attempts for 91 yards. He averaged 5.7 yards per attempt, found the end zone and also added a target. And Kelly even earned some valuable snaps. He saw 43% of the two minute drill work. He split the third down in long snaps with Eckler and had five red zone touches. And now this is exciting because he is a little bit of a bigger running back compared to Eckler. He's like 212 pounds coming out. Now he's apparently closer to 220 pounds, which gives him that red zone upside. He caught 23 passes in a limited role as a rookie. So he is is a capable pass catcher, meaning he might have the fantasy cheat codes if he sees more usage. And now the reason why he's exciting is because week one, the Chargers offense was totally different. Maybe that's a week one thing. Maybe the new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, is just pushing towards whatever the best matchup is. But check this out. In week one, the Chargers ran the ball at the ninth highest rate, 47% of the time. But when the game was close, tighter in a one score game, they actually ran the ball at the highest rate in the NFL over 52% of the time. And if you're curious to what Joshua Kelly has done when he's actually seen starter usage that he would see if you see, see no Austin Eckler out there. Most of the time in the NFL, he's been a split backup, but in college at UCLA, his first year, he had over 1,500 total yards. His second year, he had over 1,100 total yards and 13 touchdowns. Takeaway is that based on the week one usage, Josh Kelly is a flex play moving forward. And if Eckler is out, he's a slam dunk top 10 running back. Now, Zay Jones is somebody who continues to steadily rise. I mean, he's been a staple of this skyrocketing up the rankings video over the past month that we've been doing that. Because in the preseason, we got a glimpse of what the offense might look like. It was Zay Jones, not Christian Kirk staying on the field in two wide receiver sets meaning he was playing ahead of Kirk. And for the people who say preseason doesn't matter, this is exactly why it does matter. Because that preseason usage stayed consistent in the regular season, where Zay Jones ran around on 94% of the dropbacks. He was a full-time player compared to Christian Kirk, just 66% of the time, basically only a slot wide receiver. And this fueled Zay Jones towards a great day. 16 and a half points, a very consistent and stable five catches for 55 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. Look, Calvin really got all the hype because he goes for over 20 points, over 100 yards, a touchdown, it's his big return. But Zay Jones was quite... Quietly a strong number two option in this game. And if we look at some of the usage right here, it's impressive. The first row is the Calvin Ridley stats. The second row is the Zay Jones stats. Zay Jones had a higher average depth of target. He had pretty significant air yards, 35%. He split the end zone targets, split the third and fourth down targets where the wide receiver is the priority, and he had more play action targets, which play action passes lead to higher efficiency. So he was very, very good. Ridley is still the wide receiver one, but Zay Jones was great in this game. And not only did he easily beat out Christian Kirk, but he beat out Evan Ingram too the tight end in the middle of the field who did run thirty one routes but only earned five targets so we now have a 20 game sample all of last year in the final couple of games with the raiders the season before that of zay jones being a top 25 wide receiver but still nobody is treating him like that he should not be on your waiver wires he should be in your fantasy lineups now this next guy probably shouldn't be in your fantasy lineups yet but yet again another week this past week in week one was good news for him and it's the running back version of zay jones and jalen warren who continues to be in the skyrocketing up the ranks video because look the drumbeat continues for him after week one warren played 40 percent of the steelers running back snaps That is tied for the most snaps that he's seen in a game where Najee Harris was healthy. But what's even more intriguing is the touch split from this game. Because if you add up the running back rush attempts and targets, Najee Harris had eight in this game and Jalen Warren had nine in this game. So it was really close to a split and Warren had six targets. Now the Steelers did play from behind like the entire game. So it did propel a little bit more targets than like an average game piece. But there is still some good situational football here from Warren. This top number is... Najee Harris, the bottom is Jalen Warren. Warren actually saw double, more than double, the long down and distance, so like the third and long snaps, but Najee is still the true running back one. He started this game, he saw more rush attempts, 67%, and he played 83% of the two minute offense, which is important to call out. But we're not trying to say Jalen Warren is the running back one in Pittsburgh. We're just trying to say that every week he's seeing more and more volume and more and more encouraging signs. Now, week one, none of the Steelers' skill position players did anything. Najee Harris, eight total touches for 33 yards, and this includes a 24 yard play that kind of skews up his efficiency, but also also, Jalen Warren did nothing on his touches. He had like 18 total yards. But the difference was, based on the opportunities that they saw, if they were in a neutral situation with a neutral offensive line, Jalen Warren, based on his touches, would have seen the 34th overall fantasy points on the week. Still bad, but it was a tough matchup. And Najee Harris, 79th on this list. Now, I mentioned that tough matchup. It was as hard as it gets. The 49ers defense is elite in all levels of the field, and they were number one after week one overall in total defense. So, yeah, it's basically literally going to get easier from here on out. They have a tough matchup week two against the Browns, who are a top 10 defense against the Bengals in a bad weather game week one. But after that, things start to open up. So continue to monitor Jalen Moore, and hopefully you have him on your bench by now. Pick him up if for some reason he's available and get this next guy and potentially start him. It's the Packers tight end, Luke Musgrave, who week one, look, he has to move up the rankings after what we saw. He went out there and ran out on 80% of the Packers passing plays, which for tight ends who do this, they see 80% or more of the routes run for their offense. They average a top 12 fantasy finish. And that's if you're just an average tight end. We know Luke Musgrave is a top 3% athlete of all time, according to the NFL Combine database base. And Musgrave's only competition is a third round rookie in Tucker Craft who only ran 7% of the routes, had no targets, played only a handful of snaps. Like Josiah DeGuia had 13% of the routes, still nothing, but he's actually being used as like a fullback and a blocker mostly. So you got a good week out of Luke Musgrave. He was second on the week in tight end yards. Second on the week, three catches on four targets. That's a good showing for any rookie tight end in their debut for sure, but it should have been a lot better. There's a video out there, you can see it if you want to, that basically he got thro- overthrown on what would have been a walk-in touchdown. And the other one, his big reception on a fumbled snap that was thrown off the back foot, a lovely pass by Jordan Love. He basically just stumbles on after he catches it, Luke Musgrave. He's too big for his body. That would have been another 20 yards and a touchdown, and there's no way you would have been able to add him or even had any chance at getting him on your team. Now, my concern for Musgrave is what we brought up earlier with Jaden Reed, how the Packers really don't want to pass all that much, but for a tight end, it's not as important because we're really just hoping for a couple of catches in like a touchdown for you to be a top five tight end on the week. Now, you could put all the information we just discussed here to use right now on Underdog where they have weekly contests. You can see right here, weekly contests with 30 five grand in prizes. Check out this one, the Battle Royale, the one I like the most, $500,000 in prizes. These are literally in-season drafts that you get to do. Yes, in-season drafts. The best part of fantasy is drafting. You could do this weekly on Underdog right now. And their number one contest is their Battle Royale. There's $50,000 to first place, just $10 to enter. You get to draft a team, have some fun in hell, maybe make a year's salary, if not more in one week of playing fantasy. Now, if you want to get a free deposit match up to a hundred bucks, meaning if you put it up to a hundred, maybe 20, you get 20 back up to a hundred, you get a hundred right back, scan the QR code on the screen or click the link in the description below. So these players are skyrocketing up the rankings, but there's guys who are falling down the rankings and you want to trade them away. You can see who these players are in this beautiful video right over here. And if you enjoyed this content, make sure you hit the subscribe button. It truly helps me as we push towards a hundred thousand subscribers, but it'll allow you to see my future content. So you know what you can do. Schmack around your buddies.